Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. With many producers across New South Wales trying to restock after a better start to the season, buying in sheep is an option being explored by many. Sheep numbers are low and prices are holding well, leaving some of us looking further afield when purchasing. Buying sheep from other grazing regions comes with an added biosecurity risk from ovine yoni's disease or OJD. OJD is a chronic incurable disease of sheep and when it comes to purchasing, it can be a case of buyer beware. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Senior Manager for Biosecurity at Animal Health Australia, Dr. Robert Barwell, Director of Dorbutt's Proprietary Limited, Dr. Matt Playford, and Livestock Veterinarian Operations Associate Director for Zoetis Australia, Dr. Kelly Graham. Okay, we'll kick off with you, Rob. Rob, can you give us a little bit of uh, time now to set the scene? What exactly is Ovignoni's disease? Well, Yoni's disease is an infectious disease of ruminants caused by a bacterium that lives in animals but can also survive for long periods in the environment. It causes thickening of the intestinal wall, stopping absorption of nutrients, which leads eventually to uh, wasting and uh, death of the animal. It can be many years from the infection occurring until the disease manifests, making it difficult to know whether it is in the flock uh, until quite significant losses start occurring. And historically, how have we managed um, ovine yoni's disease in Australia? Uh, Traditionally, um, ovine yoni's disease was treated separately to bovine yoni's disease and there were um, national control programs set up over 20 years ago at a national level to try and control and manage uh, these diseases or this disease. The last of the ovine yoni's disease management plans ran from 2013 to 18 and had a, um, had a large consultative review towards the end. The majority of those that responded to the survey or via submission were in favour of um, just managing the disease back on at, at the farm level. Wool Producers Australia and Sheep Producers Australia as the peak national bodies considered the report from that review and decided not to renew the management plan. Since um, since then, it's been managed as one of many endemic diseases that can occur on a property. And with the National Management Plan ceasing, and you've just said then that the control is now up to producers, what's the current state of play for Yoni's disease in Australia? So... Despite the management plan finishing, the national management plan, there's still um, a variety of tools and sources of information in place for producers to uh, looking to manage or prevent yoni's disease occurring in their flock. 
Um, these include um, biosecurity plans, uh, the market assurance program for sheep for, and, and for Yoni's disease, abattoir inspection, use of national sheep health declarations for uh, buying in sheep, and the vaccination for JD and sheep, good air. It's, uh, it's still notifiable in all states. So this means that if you see a case of Yoni's disease, you do need to report that to the Department of Primary Industries or Agriculture, depending on which state you're in, or it could be your local land services in New South Wales. And Yoni's disease isn't found all across New South Wales and our other Eastern states and WA and that. What is the implications then for moving stock when we want to prevent it from moving into these areas that are uninfected? Well, look, Yonis, ovine Yonis disease now is endemic in many of the higher rainfall areas of Australia where sheep are raised. Um, you know, in New South Wales, that's much of the uh, particularly southeast part of the state. Um, there is also um, a large proportion of Victoria, other than the um, northwest corner, Tasmania, parts of South Australia, and the uh, southwest of uh, Western Australia where the disease is endemic. So, really, producers buying sheep from these areas uh, do need to be assessing the stock or um, you know, identifying whether they are appropriate to bring to their property if they don't have Yoni's disease. And uh, you know, one of the ways of doing that is through uh, the National Sheep Health Declaration and assessing the questions that are on there or asking even further questions if they um, are unsure about whether to buy them. Great, thanks Rob. We'll move on to Matt now. Matt, why is OJD such a risk for sheep producers? A couple of reasons, Fiona. The main one is if you have OJD on your property, and you don't do any control measures such as vaccination, then you can expect on average about 6% of the sheep to die due to OJD. And that can actually be worse in uh, places with higher stocking rates, it can go up to 30%. And so it's very costly. Now for places where OJD has been around for a long time, people are used to it, they usually take quite a few um, measures to uh, to stop it from having that impact and the main one is vaccination. For people who don't have OJD, every time they buy a sheep they have to think oh well does that sheep have OJD or not and there are a lot of um, sheep that carry the disease without it being apparent so because of that it's a very difficult one to uh, to avoid. Matt, you just mentioned there the high rates of mortality, which must be crippling for farmers if they're experiencing that. But what are the um, other clinical signs that producers can expect to see in their flock? The key clinical sign that um, producers would notice is skinny sheep. And particularly when it's a good season, there's good nutrition and worm control is, uh, is adequate, you still see sheep that are in very poor um, body condition score. And what will happen is that they'll continue to lose condition until they, they actually die. So that's the, that's the main sign. 
And Matt, I guess when we look at controlling any disease in livestock, it's interesting to look at how the disease actually survives in the animal and in the environment. So how long does Yoni's disease survive when it's in the environment? Well, it can survive for uh, at least one year and up to two years in the environment. And that's particularly the case in a year like, like this year, when we've had a lot of rain, there's a lot of ground cover. And so the bacteria sitting on the ground are protected by the grass from getting UVs and so they last longer. And also by the fact that there's a lot of moisture around. And so, yeah, two, up to two years. Yeah, that's an incredibly long period of time. Once the animal's infected with Yoni's disease, when does it start to shed the bacteria and cause a risk to other animals? The earliest cases happen when the animals are only nine months of age. Now that's quite rare, and that happens when animals get a really big infective dose, but it can take up to five or six years before they, they actually start to um, shed uh, bacteria or uh, show signs themselves. So can the animals that shed the bacteria so early in life, do they also show clinical signs as well? They can do, yep. And so even um, even uh, uh, two-tooth and hoggett animals can show clinical signs um, and you can get quite high mortality rates in uh, animals that are only about 18 months to two years of age. And are these clinical signs a reliable indicator of disease or are there tests available that producers should use? Yeah, you can't rely on clinical signs at all because animals that pick up small doses tend to develop fairly mild infections and they develop them several years after they've been shedding. So it's best to use tests. And the other thing about tests is um, Unlike um, tests for humans, such as, you know, you might go and get a swab for a coronavirus, the tests uh, for Yoni's disease are best applied to big mobs. And so the more animals you have included in the test, the more reliable it is. One of the examples is sending animals off to abattoir. So you can send 150 or 500 animals off um, if they're more than two years old then they're inspected by experienced meat inspectors at the abattoir and they'll write a report saying if they found uh, signs of Yoni's disease or not. And if they do find signs of Yoni's disease, they can confirm it with a laboratory test. And Matt, one of the other tools available to producers that Rob just mentioned is the sheep map. And how long has it been around and how many producers are using it? The sheep map, or it's, um, that's an acronym for market assurance plan, was introduced in the early 2000s. And it's a really good scheme, but um, there aren't as many people involved in it now. I think at its peak, about a thousand producers were in that scheme. This is probably our highest level of assurance when you're buying sheep that they don't have yonis. And that's because every, um, every farm, Every uh, mob of sheep gets tested on the farm and then um, they're monitored and um, biosecurity practices are put in place to ensure that no risky sheep are introduced to that farm. And currently I think there's about 500 producers in that scheme. So if you wanna buy sheep, that's your highest level of assurance.
And Rob also touched on the sheep health declarations are another tool that producers can use. In terms of the questions for Yoni's disease, what advice can you give producers? Well, the uh, the top one for me is uh, that all animals are approved vaccinates. And I'd even go further and um, and see any other tests that are um, that are listed um, that there's some sort of supporting evidence, like a, a document or a, um, uh, a a number to refer to to back up the information that's provided on the sheep health declaration. Great, thanks, Matt. Um, thanks for your time. I think we'll move on to Kelly now and find out more about the vaccination. So Kelly, the Gudair vaccination is a vaccination that's been released by Zoetis for the control of Yoni's disease. Can you tell us about some of the key aspects of the vaccine? No problem, Fiona. So Gudair um, is the vaccine that we have for OJD and it's a single dose vaccination. So only one dose is required for lifetime protection. And ideally this dose, this vaccination is given at marking or between four and 16 weeks of age. And that's just to um, ensure that the vaccination is, is administered prior to potential exposure. But going on from that, however, all sheep and all ages can actually be vaccinated and will develop immunity. But um, what you need to remember is that if the vaccine is Given later in life, there is a potential those older sheep may already have been exposed to the bacteria. And despite vaccination, they will go on to develop clinical signs. Um, so I guess the key thing from all that is the vaccine is a preventative and it's not a treatment. Uh, one other thing uh, worth mentioning is that um, after use, assuming you follow all the correct storage um, advice on the label and on the on the box that it can be used up to 30 days after first opening and lastly because i do get asked this um it's actually a killed vaccine so you cannot get the disease through vaccinating so if your flock is clean when you implement a vaccination program that is not going to give you ojd Thanks, Kelly. Kelly, the vaccine is quite unique. What do producers need to be mindful of when they're using the vaccine? Yeah, that's right, Fiona. The good air vaccine contains a mineral oil. So even when a small amount is accidentally injected into, into someone, it does cause, or it can cause intense swelling and a persistent sort of uh, granulomatous inflammatory action. So given those potential serious side effects for humans we do tell everybody um, to be very careful with administration take your time do it slowly and also in the case of an accidental exposure do seek prompt uh, medical attention and call us here at Zoetis and I say that because we have additional information that we can assist um, with your treatment and provide to you and your doctor. And Kelly, Rob and Matt just touched on that there's a whole heap of tools in a producer's toolbox for working out how they're going to handle Yoni's disease. Vaccine is one of them. So I'm assuming, therefore, you don't think of it as a silver bullet. How do you recommend the vaccine is used as part of a larger program? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, although 
um, all OJD experts, experts will say that the good air vaccination is our best tool to control and minimise the economic impact of OJD on, for, on farm. But just like other vaccines, it's not a perfect tool. So whilst the majority of vaccinated animals are protected, some sheep sadly will still shed bacteria and contribute to pasture, pasture contamination. So for this reason, the vaccine alone does not eradicate the disease from a property. So it needs to be used as part of an OJD management plan and obviously needs to be used continu continuously. So an OJD management plan would involve things like good fencing, biosecurity, caution when purchasing um, sheep, et cetera, et cetera. So the vaccine needs to be used as part of a whole plan to get the best effect. You've just said then that the vaccine, really we need to look at it as a preventative rather than a cure. So what are some of the benefits that we can get from the vaccine? Okay, so the studies that were conducted by the University of Sydney um, showed that good air can decrease mortalities in a flock um, by up to 90% and also it reduces uh, faecal shedding of the bacteria by up to 90% as well. Um, that, that's great because that reduction in faecal shedding will ultimately result in a reduction in the environmental contamination, which means that future generations will be exposed to lower levels of that bacteria. And in those same studies, the vaccine not only did that, but it also delayed that onset of clinical disease, i.e. delayed the mortalities and delayed the onset of shedding. And so when the animals first started to shed, and those delays were both by 12 months. Kelly, you mentioned just earlier on in the interview that um, you can't get the disease from the vaccine as humans, but the mineral oil causes a concern for us. What type of vaccination gun would you recommend that producers use? So yeah, our recommendation 100% is the Secure Safety Vaccinator because it's got some really unique safety features. And those features are designed to minimise that chance of accidental um, self-injection. But I will say before anyone goes to you, if they haven't used this vaccinator before, take the time um, to practise with it. It has got some unique features. Uh, there's also videos on how to use and information on how to use it on the Zoetis website, livestocksolutions.com. Or you can always talk to your local Zoetis rep um, who also run run through with you um, how to utilise that vaccinator. But on top of that, we we recommend using the secure safety safety vaccinator. And I'll have to say it again: is to just take the, your time when vaccinating. Make sure animals are properly restrained, and if they're lambs, it's in a cradle. If it's adult sheep, they're well well packed in a race and try and have the person that's using the Gadare just to have the one job and, and not be distracted and, and give them plenty of breaks so they can they do it safely and, um, and slowly. That's some really good practical tips there. Thanks, Kelly. Just one last question before we finish up. Zoetis Australia has backed some really great research into vaccination site and the importance of using an appropriate needle length. Could you just talk us through some of the findings? Yeah, no problem, Fiona. So when we were um, looking into injection site reactions, um, 
we started to look at needle length as a potential way to minimise those site reactions. And so we did run a study, um, it had sort of 64 sheep, and we did it through uh, the um, Bendigo sale yards, and they were sheep that were, sheep were enrolled if they were to be euthanised on that day for other reasons. So we injected um, sheep, mixed age, mixed breeds, um, and we injected them with half, 18 gauge half inch needles at 45 degree angles, as well as quarter inch needles uh, at 45 degree angle. And what we found, pretty much it was, it was near to impossible, or in most cases, when you use a half inch needle, the vaccine was actually deposited into the muscle rather than subcutaneously like we're trying to achieve. So when you, given it's a mineral oil type vaccine, injecting into the muscle will only increase your chance of having nasty site reactions. And also it will increase your chance of placing that vaccine in a site that you don't want it to, to be in, to go into and cause other clinical signs. So hence our recommendation um, coming from that work is to always use a quarter inch needle um, for lambs and short wool sheep at 45 degree angle. And if it's adult sheep with um, wool, we still recommend the quarter inch needle, but at a 90 degree angle. And Kelly, that's just not for the good air vaccination, is it? That's for your other vaccinations as well. Yeah, we have moved our recommendation to align with that for all our vaccines. Um, vaccines are supposed to be delivered subcutaneously. So by utilising that needle length, we can have a much better um, assurance that that's exactly where that vaccine is going to be deposited. It's great to have that recommendation and also to have the research that backs it up. So thank you. That wraps it up for today. So I'd like to thank you, Rob, Matt and Kelly, for the information you've shared with our listeners and for joining me on It's Time For You. Thanks, no Fiona. Thanks, Fiona.
We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.